Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. That we can see the testimony of this young man, Lecrae, and see that you have transferred us from darkness to light through Jesus Christ to a living hope of a new day that we might be used as an instrument in this world to bring others to Christ, that you're preparing us to present us to the world as your bride without spot, without wrinkle. You have washed away our sins. You have washed away our bitterness and our resentment. And you said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened with the, with the pressures of life, with the weight and anguish and despair of not knowing what to do or how to do it or with what, who to do it with, Lord. But we stand again in your temple contemplating you and desiring to hear from you something that would offer us direction, that would transform our lives in a measure that we never even thought possible. We pray that your Holy Spirit here today, the presence of the most powerful, omnipotent, omnipresent spirit upon the earth that you have bestowed upon us so we're not orphans, so we're not left abandoned, so we're not left without purpose or direction, that your Holy Spirit might minister your word, your holy word, your word that sets the captives free, your word that is able to transform our darkness as it becomes a light unto our path, unto our feet that we might walk and capture purpose again, capture incredible, that abundant life that you said the enemy comes to kill, to steal, to destroy, but you have come to bring us life and in a measure of abundance. We pray that your word not return void, that it, it would serve as a, as a direction for our lives even this day. That you have made, O oh God, so that each and every day is filled with your peace, your joy, your purpose. And we believe and we do not despair. We have hope walking in faith under the promises of your word. For faith comes by hearing and the hearing of your word, O oh God. I pray, Father, that you would just keep us in your love and give us wisdom to depart from evil. And prosper this word in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. It's a very unusual thing as I started traveling to South America and I was bringing a very serious, a very sharp, a very persistent word. Um, I didn't see it as anything but taking God serious and they started calling us, he's the holiness preacher. He's a preacher that's talking about holiness. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't acquaint myself with that definition of what I was doing. But I, I want to revisit that reality that that's what God has called us to. And uh, I want to challenge you this morning that what makes you a Christian is your pursuit for the presence of God. Hebrews 12, 14, the Bible tells us um, at the very heart of everything we're doing, it says pursue uh, right standing with all people. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
uh, a lot of people are saying, why isn't God in my life? Why don't I see God the way other people are seeing him? And I, I want to challenge you with the fact that God is not going to step into areas where, where you probably are conforming to. If you were to go and decide to go see a movie where there's profanity and vulgarity and principles that are totally against God, God's not going to be there. You're, you're going to be very lonesome. If you decide to engage in communication with people that don't, don't have an appreciation for God, they're not invited in their circle and spheres, don't expect you to have a, a brilliant countenance. Your face is not going to, you're like, where is God? God is where holiness is. And our pursuit of holiness is telling God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And, and Kenny was saying this with his 40-day challenge. Uh, get serious with God and God will get serious with you. Now, if God were to give you the initial instruction uh, in any regard, the most basic of, uh, you know, wait for me here. And you're not there waiting for him. Why should he carry on to carry a conversation with you? If, if, if you're despising the most minimal thing that he longs to, for you to understand, why, why would he see that you're trying to cultivate a relationship with him? And so I want to challenge you guys that to the degree we're willing to be set apart, uh, I want to also tell you that, that the very word church means those who are set apart. Why do, why do we hear God when other people are not hearing God? Why do we have peace when other people have no peace? And it's because we have decided, I'll, I'll, again, I'm going to go to this level. At a very minuscule, very small magnitude have we done this. And so we're having small expressions of the dew that falls from heaven. Very slight and small. But if we were to press into this aspect of taking God dead serious. Um, a lot of you guys have been told since you were eight years old to honor your parents, and you still don't. And God takes that very serious. And so the attitude of the heart we have against our parents is an attitude not of whether we like our parents or not, but our holiness before the Lord. He says, honor your mother and father. And it doesn't say whether your mother and father are right or indifferent. Uh, we have made... That challenge in our lives, regardless of what our fathers are doing, we honor them anyways. And why? Because the principle comes from heaven. It's a holy principle. It's a principle that, that opens heaven's treasure for us. As the Bible says, everything will go well with you and you'll live a long life upon the earth. And uh, even recently looking at the news here in Miami as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old girl goes to prison for three years because she's involved in a, a car accident and kills an elderly lady. And you say, how does somebody who's never even dreamed or thought of being in prison will now be there amongst the worst criminals for three years because of one night and one moment at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and is shipped up to prison? Um, there was a young man named Claudio that we knew when I met Yvette and started going to Yvette's church. My wife, uh, Claudio, was nine years old, and he grew up in church. 
And when he turned 18, his parents decided to get a divorce, and that really hit him hard. So he decided that he was embarrassed. He would move in with a friend from high school. She was a strip teaser, and she had a two-year-old boy. And Claudio is the most wholesome young man I had ever met. A real, he's an only son, and in the despair of seeing dad take off one way and mom take off another way, he says, well, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing too. And he moved in with a, a friend of his, a girl that was uh, already dancing at the nude bars, and, and she says, look, I'm going to go to work. You stay here and take care of my two-year-old son. They weren't married. And nobody knows how the two-year-old died. Nobody knows how to this day. And so Claudio, faced with the fact that that little boy had died, and they don't know if while he was taking a bath, he drowned in the bathtub. And Claudio, trying to bring him back to life, was putting him near the oven and trying to get him to heat up. And, and, and they don't know. He got scared, and he took the two-year-old and dumped him in a dumpster down the street. And then when the, when the wife got home, she says, where's my son? And he says, I don't know. I was sleeping. He must have left. Somebody must have taken him. And, and so he was charged with murder, and now he's doing life in prison. And so all these aspects, they begin as little seeds of indifference, walking in directions that that, that wasn't life's destiny for the Claudio. Not when God had raised him up from the age of nine in church. He, he was supposed to be a prince, a very good-looking young man. And even a, a year before this incident, we, me and Yvette saw him on the streets, and we said, Claudio, what's going on? He was going to South Miami High School. He goes, I need to get back to church. I need to get back. So he had a conscience of an understanding of this is the place to be. This is a place to grow. This is a place to know God and to fulfill your call. I, I don't know why you're at church this morning, but I want to challenge you with the fact that God is calling you to holiness. And holiness is being drawn near to a holy God. Everything in heaven is holy. The angels are holy. They cry, holy, holy is the Lord. They're in his presence for eternity, and they just continue to cry. This this. This majestic, supreme, omnipotent being is holy, holy, holy. And so the issue is no longer our parents. The issue is no longer that we're saturated in a culture that everything is is inclined towards non-holiness. The Bible says we have been given this body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and people are are continually putting tattoos on them and piercing them. The Bible says he was pierced on the cross, and that's not sufficient, as Satan continues to make a mockery off the human being and, and continues to divert his offering, his body. Lord, this is my life. I offer it to you as a holy, living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable to you. I want to have pure thoughts. I want to have pure words. I want to have pure standing. I don't want to fellowship amongst those people that that curse. Those people that that do not regard the sanctity of your spirit and presence. And and you know that when you're living holiness, people will turn to you and they'll they'll say, I'm I'm sorry. I I just curse. I'm sorry. Because they'll recognize something different about you. That you're not one to draw near to that to that atmosphere. So um, 1 Peter 
and this is all over the New Testament, we have a misconception in modern Christianity that we can, we can do all weird stuff. And here it says in 1 Peter 1.14, if you're going to walk as an obedient child, there's a big difference between being an obedient child and being disobedient. And an obedient child is one who's pursuing holiness, not because it's the fashionable thing to do, but because he has a relationship with a perfect Christ. He desires to honor the Lord. So as an obedient child, he's not trans conformed. He says, not conforming yourselves to your former lust as when you were totally ignorant. Not, not living like you used to live when you were far from this understanding. And coming to church and, and, and really being in the presence of holy people. Washed by the blood of the Lamb, singing songs that are holy. We didn't sing any songs out of place this morning. Um, something we learned early on when we transferred from, from our worldly, uh, I always like Morris's um, getting rid of all his worldly music. As I got rid of all my worldly music. And the reason why I got rid of some of my music was, was I was singing, uh, I'm on a highway to hell. Hell's bells, suicide train. Those are all the songs I was singing. I was saying, wait, 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 wait. Where, what is this? What is this that I'm involving myself as, as I see uh, the, the modern music full of curse words, vulgarity? Uh, this imbecile, because there's no other word for him, pit bull, who's an imbecile who's made himself famous by cursing. He doesn't have any voice. He doesn't have rhythm. He doesn't have any inclination towards music. He just gets up there and starts cursing and cursing and cursing. The more he curses, the more money they give him. And he, he, becomes a, he, he begins to be an icon of our culture as the youth are sitting there parading and hurraying the vulgarities of a man that's headed for the pits of hell if he does not repent, if he does not turn from his wicked ways, inciting multitudes, uh, pattering themselves, little kids. I could imagine little kids, eight, nine, and ten, going around to wanting to be like him. And so we are a different people, and we're different because Christ has called us to this life of holiness. And so he says, uh, not being obedient children, not conformed ourselves to our former lust, the, the desires of our, of our uh, that word lust means unbridled passions. That you're just going for what feels good. And we know that that's a formula for trouble. As in your ignorance, we did this ignorantly, ignoramus. We did not know. Verse 15, he ushers us into what we should be doing. But as he has called, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your expression and conduct. When I first got saved, I thought holiness was a way to dress because in the Catholic church, the, the fancier you dressed, the more holy you were. But I didn't know that holiness was an attitude of the heart to please the Father. 
To sit there and say, Lord, you know something? This does not belong to your nature, and you're transforming me to be like you, and I'm not, I'm not going to fall short. I'm going to go in that direction. You also be holy in your conduct as, as he is holy. Verse 16, the foundations of what Jesus Christ is because it is written, it is what is sketched in the character of God, be holy for I am holy. So as we contemplate our God, and, and you know that he says, I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a power that will usher you. And I, I praise God. Can we take a moment to worship God for the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for reminding us and bringing us to the presence of a holy God. Transforming our dirty thoughts and our words and the attitudes of our heart that are so wicked and depraved. And you have not given up on us. You have not left us. You're the continual spirit that is with us until the end. It's the spirit of God that leads us to repentance. Is the presence of God that calls us to conform to the image of the Son. All our thoughts, our words, our actions that divert from pleasing God are nudged back into place through His Spirit, through the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, the Bible says be found right in God's presence. Ugly attitudes, ugly words, expressions of selfishness, self-independence, pride. He calls us from those places of Satan's nature to the nature of God, to humility. The Bible says in several places in Ephesians 4, verse 30, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Because it's through that Spirit that you're sealed for the day of redemption. Your response to the Spirit of God is what qualifies you to be welcomed into the kingdom, a holy kingdom. All these other spirits that are the barrage of constant music, commercials, comedy, movies, all that spirit, the unclean thoughts of a twisted culture, they're not from the nature of God. They're wicked and they're desperate. The Bible says that these unclean spirits come and make us enslaved to do the will of Satan. 
It's when a spirit that's unclean causes you to leave your holy calling. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I, you know, it's kind of hard as a pastor because the continual wanting to see God's favor fall upon a people, see his, can, can, can I say to you that the word favorite comes from favor? God's favorite plan for your life. And, and our desire as pastors is to see you guys get to where God created you to be. Fruitful, multiplied, fill the earth, take dominion, be the head, not be the tail. To flourish and be fruitful. And, and so the Spirit of God comes with that same, that same passion. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, don't quench the Spirit. Do not put the fire of God's spirit out. It's almost like throwing a glass of water so that you can never inflame and flourish as a light of the world. So no one sees your light. Don't don't put it out. If you're letting people throw stuff in your spirit, and and I want to challenge you with the fact that that Satan is doing that 24-7. I just had a young man come into my office. says, Pastor, I had to cut off the television from my house because it's just quenching everybody. I mean, it's with a ton of crap that this world has. And, and the Bible says, don't quench the spirit. Don't be around things that, that blow it out. And then, so us pastors are passionately desiring to see God's glory. God has given us a desire for glory. One day, we didn't desire that glory. Like I told you, before we started in this walk, everything that was crap was our pursuit. Everything that was dirty, deranged, twisted, that's where we ran. And for 30 years now, the Lord has taught us to run away from that stuff. And if we didn't run away from that stuff, our, our children, our families, our church would not have any hope. So there's no way. And some people say, well, how do you get like that? I say, well, listen to me. Once you lose an appetite for crap, you're not very, you're not very hungry for it. If, if all you used to eat was crap, now you have something more precious. Now you're saying, I want to eat this. I want to preserve this. I want to nourish myself from these things. And so it's, it's, it's not been very difficult. I believe it's in Ezekiel chapter 4 that God says, why don't you do something, Ezekiel? Go and make yourself a crap sandwich. And I want you to eat it. And he says, Lord, I don't eat crap. And he says, yeah, but my people do. My people like to do things that are twisted, and that's the appetite of the hunger they have. So I want you to go, and I want you to do this so that my people could understand that I haven't called them to to eat like that. I haven't called them. Look what it says in, in, in verse 14, Ezekiel 4.14. This is a young man. He's trying to be a a messenger to the people of God. And God says, I want you to make a sandwich. But instead of using coal, I want you to use cow dung. I want you to use crap. And that crap smokes up. It cooks the sandwich. And I want you to eat the sandwich. And he responds. He says, oh, Lord God, indeed, I have never defiled myself from my youth till now. I have never eaten what has died or what was torn by a beast, nor what was abominable to the flesh ever come into my mouth. 
And so verse 15, the Lord says, it says, okay. Then he said to me, see, I am giving you cow dung. Instead of human waste, you shall prepare your bread over not crap to eat, but over cow dung to eat. Just to show that that's what my people are doing. They're eating crap. They're eating things influenced by crap, manufactured by crap. Anything that is crapola, it should not be our appetite, should not be our desire. Seeing that God is calling us to a holy life. And so I, I ask you, what are you offering your children to eat? What are you serving on the table of your food as you watch HBO and MTV and the latest videos and music and friends and testimony? And so, see, it becomes very hard for us to share this stuff to you without being condescending. And as I was talking to Carlos, he's like, you know, why are you so upset every time you preach? Because I want you guys to get it. I want you to get it. I'm not upset. When I used to coach Brandon and, and Nicholas and Joshua in Little League, they would come off the side. They're like, oh, my God, it's time out. We've got to go over there to that grouchy coach. I was like, look, I am not upset at you, but I want to win. And they're like, you sound upset. You sound you're upset. I'm not upset. I want you to win. I want you to win. And so 1 John says like this, 1 John 2.27, he says, you have a presence from God. It's called the anointing. You've received it from Christ, not from any pastor or any church. You've received his presence because he loved you. He loved you. Inspired by love, he came to rescue you. No pastor has done that. No church has done that. No religion will ever do that. This anointing is from him and has come to, to reside in you. You know, you could never get the president of the United States to come to visit you or to call you like he called the coach of the Miami Heat. Hey, good game. Bro. But God has come. God has come. And he resides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same presence teaches you concerning all things. I tell people all the time, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to a seminary. But when I accepted Christ, the presence came. And has never departed. And is teaching us all things. I, I laugh because some people come up to me and say, Hey, Pastor, I asked 10 people what they thought. I want to know your opinion too. I'm like, sad. Because way before the 10 people and way before me and way before the church, the Holy Spirit is talking to us. It's teaching us. You need no one to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things is true, 
And it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. That's what he's teaching us. I still am amazed that this weekend I was at youth group here Friday night. And in one of the little cell phone iPads, iPhones, one of the older teenagers put before a young girl a little game called RuneScape. Being chased through caverns and pitfalls with demons. And, and we're not to be acquainting our youth with demons. Even if they're in cartoon form. We have to be careful because through there, there's, there's a message being sent. There is, you know, if, if the devil didn't want you to feed on that, he wouldn't make it so popular. <laughs> and people are running to the movies to see Monster University. Uh, two monsters that go to the university to learn how to scare people. And we have not been given a spirit of fear. And then we don't want our kids... To be cowards. But we're sitting them down on a two-hour movie to eat off the devil's fodder. And it's a joke and it's a cartoon and it's whatever you want to call it. But it's preparing a culture just like the Harry Potter movies. It's fictitious. But it's preparing a culture to dabble into darkness in this monster university there will be an oath to enter into the fraternity of of some demon God knows what as I was walking through Walt Disney and the Pirates of Caribbean they had all the little kids dressing up as pirates and they had them raise their hand and say I take make an oath to plunder to pillage to riot an oath of demons and it's all in the name of fun and it's all in the name of a joke but there are oaths that are being declared with the mouth and many of these young men and young girls will take it to heart you need not no one to teach you and he says in verse 26, 1, uh, 1 John 2, 26, before he talks about the anointing, he says, these things I've written to you because there's many who are swapping the ball. There's many that their lines are, are all over the place. Oh, that's not bad. No, that's not good. No, that's not okay. And again, it's sad for pastors to have to be addressing these things because God has called us to high holiness. High, high levels of holiness. Um, conforming to his measure of things. And, and we're so in the crapola, we can't distinguish crapola. They say that if you stay in a room that is festered with crap, the first 15 minutes, you'll notice the stench. But if you stay there for half hour, that stench will go away and you won't even tell the difference. And the walls inside the houses in India, since they worship cows, they grab the cow dung and they... They paint their walls with crap, but this is a pagan culture, and the devil's making mockery of those people as they worship false gods. But your God doesn't want you to be near the crap. 
He doesn't want you to be, what's it called, uh, regarded and referenced with the crap. There should be some sense in us that want to be far from everything that's crap worthy. And this is why we need to be careful. 1 John 2.26, he says, I write these things concerning you because there's people that are trying to lead you astray. And there's no greater leading astray than amongst ourselves. We, we don't have the opportunity very many times to hang out with worldly people, but we'll hang out with people in the church that are disposed to that crap. And that's all they talk about. And so 2 Corinthians 6, 17, again, New Testament, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch that which is unclean and I will receive you. You want my plan for your life, set yourself apart. Show me that you want the life I have for you. Be separate. Don't conform. Listen to me. I've had to separate myself from family, from friends, from Christians, from even pastors. Why? Because I want the real thing. I want something genuine. I'll tell you just a little glimpse into where I stand. Many people who stand where I'm standing do it because they need money. And they need a salary, so they'll go and become a pastor. They don't care who does what or how they do it or when they do it. They just make sure that everybody continues to give their tithes and their offerings. And they don't care if you go to hell. They don't care if you have unholy marriages. They don't care if your children married ungodly people. They don't care if you, you, other spirits are coming upon you. And I just pray one thing about this place, that the spirit of the living God abide in this place. Yes. And that those who love God and want to dwell through eternity in that presence would fill this place and that we would live in such a way that God would be favored and pleased among us. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our thoughts. It all starts with thoughts. Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. I taught my kids from the time they were very young. I said, is that good or bad? And they says, it's bad. What do we do with bad things? We throw it away. They would run straight to the kitchen. They go to Burger King, they give you a little toy, and they get home, and it says, Dad, this is, the, this is the Happy Meal box, and we got a toy. It says, is it good or bad? If it was Monster University, that thing was faster thrown in the trash than anything they could ever think. And to this day, my kids live like that. They don't want to be around anything that's not holy, wholesome, of the nature of God. Do not touch what is unclean. How could you give videos and music 50 scales of demon possession, right? 50 degrees of God knows disaster. No, that's not us. That's not who we've been called to be like. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Verse 18. And he says, I will receive you and I will be a father. Some of you guys don't think you have a father. And it's because you don't want to line up to be his sons. He has to see that desire in you, that passion in your life. Like Lecrae. He didn't have a father, but he wants to have a father. So he's lining up to please God and not continue in the world. I will be a father to you. 
and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. If you set yourself apart to be my daughter, if you set yourself apart to be my son, then I'll be your father. This distinguishing between right and wrong, Ezekiel twenty two twenty six. This is our. This is why people love us so much as pastors, because we continue to draw that line, which is right and wrong, good and bad, holy and unholy. Her priest. In the Old Testament, violated his law and profaned his holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. They have not made known the difference between that which is right and that which is wrong. They have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath, so I am profaned among them. That means when they walked into the house of God, they didn't, they didn't care who did what. Everybody do whatever you want. But a real pastor is going to mark the line continually. And either you're going to love that or you're going to hate that. And our call is to mark that, and the Holy Spirit's going to mark that. And the presence of God and the Word of God will mark that. And those people who cannot stand to know the difference between right and wrong because they consider it controlling. Oh, it's just controlling. It's just controlling. Wish you were controlled by the Spirit of God. And you would see that you would be set free. Where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty, there's joy, there's peace. But if we're not into the presence of God, we can't distinguish. We're walking contrary. And God takes super, uh, uh, super deference to that. Leviticus 10 verse 8, the Lord said to Aaron, you and your sons are not to drink certain wine and fermented drink. When you enter into the tent of meeting or you'll die, this is a lasting ordinance for generations to come. So that you can distinguish between holy and common, between the unclean and the clean, and teach the Israelites all the decrees of the Lord God has given you. Uh, you know, don't, don't apologize for the fact that your life is being transformed in his presence. That's the whole key. And so David said things like this. David is the perfect example of a man who wanted to walk as it pleased God. In Psalm 101 verse 2, he says, Lord, I want to behave in a manner which is wise. Well, what is wise? Walking the perfect path. Oh, when, you, when will you come to me so that you can see me at home, not at church, so that I could walk with my, within my house with a heart that is perfect before the Lord. I would run home to see a pornographic magazine or desire pornographic video or want to talk to my lover when my wife is not looking or chat with another woman. That's an abomination. And you can see, well, the pastor's not here. I'm not at church. We're not at spring of life. I don't have to change the world here. Yes, you do, my friend. Within your house, walk perfectly with the Lord. That's the attitude of a world changer. Verse 3, he says like this. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Could you underline that, please? And say, that's my heritage. Nothing twisted. I'm not going to laugh at things that are out of order. I'm not going to make a mockery. Uh, God says he's not given us a spirit of fear. Why are we going to go? Like Gerardo was telling me, he says... Our trumpet player in the Spanish, he says, when I was a little kid, I wasn't a Christian. I used to love terror movies, horror movies. 
And I used to watch him and watch him and watch him and watch him. And when I left those places, I felt like getting an ax and chopping somebody's head off. And he says, Pastor, you have to be twisted to be even to make those movies, to come up with the things that are in those movies. You've got to be super twisted. I'm like, yeah, thank God you got saved. Thank God you became holy. Thank God you put away those things. Set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I hate the work of those who compromise. Oh, pastor, it's just a little, it's not that bad. I want you to grab some, some dog dew, mix it up in water, and, and just sprinkle your food just a little bit, and then eat it, because that's what you're doing spiritually. I, I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not come near to me. Uh, yesterday, we went to a, a restaurant to eat, and as we left, uh, there were, man, that, it smelled like that food that was in that place. Wherever you're at, you're gonna, that stench is going to pick up on you. It shall not cling to me. Why? Because I'm nowhere near it. Verse 4. A perverse heart shall depart from me. A heart that when truth and wisdom and correction and instruction comes into my life, I'm not going to choose another travel. I'm not going to choose something less than excellence. I will not be familiar with any. Come on, just try it. Come on, just just so you know what it smells like, just so you know what it tastes like, just so you know, just so you could tell somebody, no, I will not be acquainted with anything twisted. That's what the word wicked means, with anything that's off the course. You know, there's little kids that are following your example. I have kicked young girls and young men out of this church, not because they're wicked, but because the young people here might follow them out of the Lord. You have no right to be in the house of God and call yourself a Christian. If you're not living footprints for, the, for Sophia and Nicole and, and for my daughter Christina, you, you have no right to come into this place and to be acquainted with my children. I've kicked, up, I kicked out young men here. This is, but I love your children. I don't want my children to know your love in that regard. Get the heck out of here. You're not living to honor God. You're not living. And we're not talking about perfection. We're trying, we desire to be perfect. We're pursuing God's pleasure. But a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. Verse 5. Whoever secretly is gossiping against his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has put a proud look on his face, has lifted up a proud heart, him I will not endure. He's not going to stand in my presence. Verse 6. My eyes shall look for faithful. God is looking for those that are faithful to holiness. They will dwell with me. He who walks blamelessly, he shall serve me. You can't be up here, and we, we take real regard and umbrage that, that the people that are publicly serving have a private life of devotion. You're not going to get up here and sing a song and then, and then go curse and hang out with worldly people. No. That they might dwell with me. Those who are perfect in their ways shall serve me. And God is teaching us unto that. In verse 7, he says, He who works deceit shall not dwell in my house. You'll see that happen. People that start compromising, little by little, they disappear. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Verse 8, morning after morning, I will uproot, I will take out all the wicked from the land that I might eliminate all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Can I challenge you with this? that you're not going to walk into heaven without holiness. 
The Holy Spirit is doing a perfect work in you as you walk in obedience, as we pursue passionately uh, desire. One of the challenges for me when I was young, I said, Lord, I can never be holy. I can never be a man of God. This is going to have to be you doing it. And guess what? He does it. He does it thoroughly, deeply, profoundly, excellently. And so I was hoping to get into the message today, but we'll just leave it for that. And um, I want you to stand, and you're in the presence of God. Can you offer your life to him so that he can bring about the purpose he has with you? As a vessel of honor, as a vessel that, that is offered up to God. And, and, you know, it's very unusual in the, in the life of Joseph. He was amongst many brothers and it was one guy that he says, I want to honor my dad. I want to honor God. I want to live for his glory. And you see his life throughout set apart and fulfilling the plan of God. And his brothers didn't. His brothers were constantly fearful they were constantly in, ensnared in problems. There's no legacy. And the life of David also, he had many brothers. And, and David had a heart of holiness for God. And he had a peculiar relationship with God. It wasn't with Israel. In fact, when he stands before all the sacrifices and all the law and the tabernacle and the altar, he says, Lord, all this stuff doesn't mean nothing. You're just looking for this. You're looking to see what, what a man has in here. Everything we do is an expression of this. And so he says, sacrifice and offerings you did not want, but a heart that would draw near to you the way you desire. So that's what God is saying this morning. The Spirit of God is here in a powerful way. And this is the day God has made for us to really take measure. Because you know what happens after 20 years... We're going to have a bunch of crap if we didn't get the crap out of our life. And crap just continues to grow and, and attract crap and bring more crap. And then our life is a, a reflection of something other than the Spirit of God. I want to tell you that your hands are holy. And you can lift holy hands to the Lord and say, Lord, through the blood of Jesus, you have washed my hands a pure heart, a pure hands, those are the ones that will see you in their lives. Those that know how to distinguish between right and wrong, holy and unholy. And I pray, oh God, that as we have heard this word that has come through your heart and your spirit, that we might be transformed, that we might be set apart, different. And when people come up to us and they say, hey, did you see that movie? You said, no. I'm not one of those that go to the crap bowl. I'm not eating out of the devil's fodder. I don't laugh at what Adam Sandler laughs at. I don't find amusing Chris Rock's attitude. These men who have decided to spitefully stand against God, I'm not going to participate. Let's sing this song and then we'll pray.
Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, can you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you because this was a very powerful morning here. And I know that it's because you have come. I know it's because you are here and God wants to, to have more of him. Just raise your hand there and I want to pray for you. Amen. Father, I give you thanks this day that you have made. Give you thanks, Lord, that you turned our hearts back towards your heart. That our thoughts are turned back towards your thoughts. That our steps are taking steps away from that which dishonors you. Departing from wicked schemes that blemish our soul and our relationship with you. Towards your high call of holiness. Not something set by standards of man or religion, but by your presence. That you are a holy God. And without holiness, no one will see you. And the work you are doing us, in us, through us, about us, around us, is through your Holy Spirit. Father, we repent, we apologize, we ask forgiveness. For the times we've grieved, for the times we've quenched the fire of your spirit. And we pray that our thoughts would be renewed, our heart would be renewed, our devotion would be steadfast, that we would be so purposefully committed with the intentionality to see you in our descendants, in our children, in our children's children for a thousand generations. As we remove ourselves from things that do not please you, that do not honor you, that do not represent your kingdom and your nature. And ask that through your, the washing of your word today, oh God, we start a new walk with a new heart, a new disposition to see you all over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen. amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.